kindness. Kindness. Not everyone was so sure about that idea when it first came up about three years ago or so. A group of us had gathered up at the parish house to brainstorm some ideas for a grant opportunity from the Episcopal Church. And it was a multi-generational group. There were people in their 20s, there were people in their 70s, there were people in between. There were long-time St. John's folks, and there were people who were newer to St. John's. And it was a young adult who came up with the idea of kindness. Someone newer to St. John's. And eventually that became the idea for the grant. A 30-day community kindness campaign. And when the campaign was first announced to the congregation, some people were like, well, what is that? Or what will that look like? And some people were proud of certain them. And we did the month-long community kindness campaign in September of 2021. And subsequently, St. John's won an award for doing that campaign from a community organization. And since then, we have continued kindness activities and kindness initiatives. But even now, some of you who may be sitting here, or others in our congregation, may still kind of wonder about all this kindness stuff. I mean, sure, kindness is good as far as it goes, some people might think. But is it worth being a major initiative, an ongoing initiative of our church? Perhaps even the major outreach initiative of our congregation. Well, hold those thoughts. Today's lesson from the prophet Micah contains one of the most quoted verses in the Bible of all time. It's quoted by Christians of various tribes, different denominations, Christians of different theological persuasions, and different political orientations. For some Christians, this is their go-to verse. They say, this is what Christianity is about. This is what my life is about. Anyone, don't say it out loud, but anyone think they know what verse I'm talking about? Raise your hand. I see a, a few hands. Well, let's see if you are correct. But first, let's not take the magnifying lens and put it on that one verse just quite yet. Instead, let's take a sweep, a view over, of what was happening in Micah. So Micah is an Old Testament book. It was written several centuries before the time of Jesus. Though Micah contains a passage that for centuries, did you know, for centuries there's a passage in Micah that Christians believe predicted the birth of Jesus. Micah chapter 5, verse 2. Maybe you've heard it before. We tend to hear it every year near the end of the year. Micah 5, verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth from me, one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from old, from ancient days. If you recognize that verse, if you think you've ever heard it before or read it before, say in a very high-pitched voice, Micah. Micah. 
Now turn to somebody and say in a very deep voice, Micah. Great, good. The events of the book of the prophet Micah happened in roughly the 8th century B.C. 8th century. It's just seven short chapters long. You could read it easily this afternoon. Oh, before I forget, in a moment I'm going to say the word superpower. And when I say that word, I want all of you to say loudly, superpower. Okay? All right, so you've been prepared. So again, 8th century B.C. And Micah is chosen to be a messenger, a prophet. And he delivers a message of warning and woe to the people. The superpower of the region, the Assyrian Empire, had already conquered the northern portion of Israel. So this is still happening, like you can still go there today. The events that are happening in Micah are roughly contiguous with the nation of Israel today. But in the time of Micah, the kingdom had split into two. The north and the Assyrian Empire had already conquered it. And there was a real fear from people that the southern kingdom would soon follow. And again, the prophet, not necessarily one who predicts the future, though that's part of the idea of biblical prophecy, but the prophet is the messenger of God for a particular time, often for a particular issue. And Micah's message is that the people have failed in their faith. They have failed to follow their faith. Now, interestingly, he points out that they have done a good job as a nation, as a people of putting up appearances of being a people of faith through their worship services, their temple sacrifices. But Micah points out that they have flunked out of their faith by failing to live it with their hands and their feet. I would do all four, but I'm not quite prepared to do that yet. Let's all four of my bench there. Okay, you got that. That's the message. Now we can go to the verse and see how many of you were correct in your guess. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. How many of you were correct? Micah 6, 8. He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Let's shorten that a little bit. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Let's shorten it even more. Do justice, love kindness, walk humbly. Shorter still. Justice, kindness, humbly. Now some of you sitting here, the Spirit of God wants to tap your heart and mind to say that you need to do justice in your life. And so, do justice. And the Spirit of God is tapping some of your minds and hearts this morning to say, hey, you need to walk humbly with your God. So, walk humbly. But now we can take the magnifying lens of our mental attention to just one word in that one little verse. Kindness. What does the Lord require of you? 
Kindness. What does the Lord require of you? Kindness. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't quite catch that. What does the Lord require of you? Kindness. Kindness. Kindness is not just a nice idea. Oh, it's nice to be kind. Isn't that lovely? No! Kindness is not just a nice idea, not just a nice thing. Kindness is a kingdom idea. Kindness is a kingdom thing. To practice kindness is to be a kingdom person. To practice kindness is to live out the Lord's Prayer. Thy will be done, thy kingdom come. To practice kindness is to avoid funking out of your faith. Christ-likeness is akin to kindness. It's a demonstration of love. Kindness, as you and I embody and live out and practice kindness, it will show us to be who we are supposed to be as Christians. If there is kindness in your daily life, that is proof that your faith is real. Hello? If there is kindness in your daily life, a regular fact of regular life, that shows that your faith is real. Not perfect, of course not perfect, but it shows that it is real. When people think of Christian, one of the things that should come to their attention, one of the things they should quickly think of, among other things, is kindness. Or kind. Hmm. Hmm. When surveys are done and people are asked to give their impressions of Christianity, and specifically of Christians, is kind or kindness one of the top answers most people give? No. No. In the surveys, and there are increasingly surveys done by different organizations, the surveys tend to reveal that these are the impressions that people have of Christians. Quote, judgmental, hypocritical, self-righteous. Judgmental, hypocritical, self-righteous. Houston, we have a problem. We have an image problem as people of faith. We also have a real sin problem because it's not all smoke. There's enough sin and failure on our part as Christians for us to lament. But if that is what most people's impression, or increasingly most people's impression of Christians are, and survey after survey by political organizations, conservative, liberal, increasingly all the surveys are showing, especially the younger you go in the generation, the more this is people's impressions of Christians. If this is what most people think of us, well then we shouldn't be surprised they're not knocking down our doors, you know, wanting to join us. Who wants to hang out with judgmental, self-righteous, hypocritical people? No, an emphasis on kindness will not solve all of that, but it will go a long way toward addressing that. By grace, your kind words and deeds will be used to point people to the God of love. 
by grace, your kind words and deeds will give people a much more favorable impression of those of us who call ourselves Christian. And besides, really, listen, there are a few things more satisfying in life than doing the right thing, than doing the kind thing. And knowing that your little act of faithfulness, your little act of kindness, has made a difference in someone's life. Sometimes it may make a difference far more than you'll ever know. Now yesterday, despite the snow, we still had our kindness booth up at the mall and for the indoor farmer's market. And yeah, there weren't as many people as there might have been had there not been all the snow. But there were still a number of people there. And our faithful group of folks that were there representing you, representing St. John, we had interactions with dozens of people. Little kids, people all of the generations. And they were interested to know about the message of kindness. Some were surprised, I think, that a church was talking about kindness. They wanted to wear a kindness sticker. Some wanted to know more about it. And we didn't quiz people to say, are you a Christian? So I'm sure some of them probably were. But I bet some weren't. And it was probably the only positive interaction they may have had with the church recently. And certainly, they would not have had an interaction probably with St. John's if we had not been there at the mall with our message of kindness. If we were just there as the church, people would walk by. The kindness message makes it a little easier for them to interact with us. And so that's just a hint. That's just a glimmer of the power of the kindness movement and of being people of kindness. So, he has told you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. On this Kindness Sunday at St. John's, we affirm all of Micah chapter 6, verse 8. But we raise our magnifying lens of our hearts and our minds to that one little word, that one little kingdom practice that the Holy Spirit has and can and will use through you and through our church to bless the lives of other people. This is no joke, folks. This is a Superpower, superpower that God has gifted to every human being, and especially by the power of the Holy Spirit, has gifted to every Christian. What is it called? Kindness. Spread it, love it, be it, do it. Amen.